Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. Here's to new beginnings. Be a queen, not a pawn. I'm Allison Langer. I'm Andrea Askowitz, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. (laughs) I know, it never gets old. Not to me. There are some people who don't like it, though. I'll tell you that. There are. We have shit haters? Shit haters. All right, whatever. There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we're talking about beginnings and endings. We bring you a story by Shauna Kenny. Shauna is the author of four books, the latest being Live at the Safari Club, a history of hardcore punk in the nation's capital, 1988 through 1998. Kenny is a contributing editor with Narratively, and her work has appeared in the New York Times, Playboy, Creative Nonfiction, Vice, Bust, Rock the Bells, and more. She teaches memoir writing with the UCLA Extension Writers Program. She's got some heavy clips. Yeah. cool. This story is an example, basically, we feel, of how to start a story and end a story for that matter. That's why it's called Beginnings and Endings. And I cannot wait for all of you to hear this because honestly, I found that so many people have trouble with endings and a lot of people have trouble with beginnings. So um, (laughs) it'll be great to have a little chat about this and um, hopefully give some guidance to anybody who's a little bit in need of some help. We'll be back with Shauna Kenny's story called Words with Mom after the break. I'm Allison Langer, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time, I host First Draft. It's a class, kinda, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundle, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. We're back. I'm Andrea Askowitz, and you're listening to Writing Class Radio. Here's Shauna Kenny reading her story, Words with Mom. I stare at the glowing blue game board bearing yellow letter tiles on my iPhone screen, playing words with friends with my mom. I debate with myself whether or not I can play the word dildo. I am 52 years old. I sacrifice points and play dill instead. Why am I censoring myself, damn it? 
We've been playing Words with Friends together for a couple of years now. It's one way we stay connected despite the 3,000 miles and many wordless years between us. I don't second guess myself while playing an old high school friend, a former student, or my mother-in-law, queen of two-letter words no one uses in real life. But when I have options to play words like anal or queer with my religious 10th grade educated small town mother, I fear she will be offended or triggered. We have hurt one another with words before. I left home at 17, three days after high school graduation. Years of fighting over religion and politics had me feeling I'd been born into the wrong family. When a friend found out that she had been adopted, I secretly hoped for a similar revelation in my life. I thought it might explain our incongruence. At 18, I fell in love with a musician. Before the relationship solidified, my parents heard through the grapevine of small town whispers that my boyfriend was black. My father called and screamed names at me over the phone. My mother cried in the background. It ended with the word disowned. I lived for a long time with this hurt, even after swapping it in my head with the word emancipated. My parents and I didn't speak for years. Through my younger sister, I heard my name could not be mentioned in the home. Meanwhile, I scrambled my way into college, working many odd jobs to support myself, including one as a dominatrix. I eventually broke up with that boyfriend and reconnected with my parents as I graduated from college. It was a shaky truce. I dated a handful of men and introduced my parents to the man who would become the love of my life. They liked him okay, although he was another musician. At 28, I published a memoir about that oddest of jobs I had in college called I Was a Teenage Dominatrix. I thought no one would read it. But at the suggestion of my editor, I included two sentences about where my parents had been during that time in my life. As magazines and TV shows started calling for interviews, I had to tell my parents. This meant first explaining the job title, then dissuading them from reading my work. My mother called 10 pages in, saying it made her look like a terrible mother, that she did not remember disowning me, that they were ashamed of me. This conversation ended with the word disgrace. I asked my family to go to therapy with me, but due to my mother's own upbringing and fear of mental health stigmas, that did not happen. I went alone and started to understand that my parents lived very old-fashioned roles, with my father as a disciplinarian and my mother as nurturing but deferential to her husband's decisions. Phone calls bridged our years of disconnection, but only for so long. Once, when my mother came to visit us in Los Angeles, we went to see a movie about the rise and fall of a Motown-like group. In the midst of a discussion afterward, she expressed sadness for the racism that Black people endured back then. It's still happening today, I seethed, unable to stop myself from spewing. Like when you discarded me for dating a Black man? This led to an argument where she apologized. Then she tried to apologize for my father, saying those were his beliefs, not hers. I told her she could not apologize for him. She packed up and flew home three days early. Months later, my dad sent me a handwritten letter of apology for everything, sharing more about his childhood. His chicken scratch writing was barely legible. I thought back and pieced together how my dad left his home at 16 and joined the military to escape his abusive father. My mom filled out his job applications and wrote up his work evaluations. I felt a sting of realization that my father was semi-illiterate. The words were hard for him to write, but the apology was sincere. 
Both sets of parents attended our wedding in Malibu. My mother wore a fuchsia dress and white flowers in her dark hair. My father, the mechanic, dressed beach casual in khakis and a button-down. He looked smaller than I remembered him, grayer and out of his element there amongst our wildly diverse group of over 100 friends. A few years later, while I was back on the East Coast, he died suddenly. My mother asked me to write his obituary. As difficult as that assignment was, I was glad to do it. Since then, my mother and I have been closer than ever. We talk by phone every day, though we have an unspoken agreement not to talk about the book. We are not Facebook friends, but we play words with friends. It evokes fond memories of running around my cousin's house as a kid, my mother and the aunts all smoking cigarettes while playing Scrabble. My mother won almost every game. Weeks after I didn't play the word dildo on words with friends, my mom played that word against me, scoring 50 points. I laughed. She messaged me, sorry, that's a bad word. It is a word in the world, I typed back. The truth is that my mother inspired my love for words. Without her influence, I may have never become who I am. And though she usually beats me at this silly app game, I enjoy engaging in this small way with her. Sometimes she messages me clapping hands emojis with a congratulatory good one or a smug smiley face after a big win. Our conversations are not deep, but we are playful and respectful. We relate to each other as grown women. I am free to be myself. I make my living in words and I need access to all of them. At the end of each game, one of us always hits rematch. I will click accept for as long as she is here. I'm no longer keeping score. So I just, I just, I, 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 I mean, it's just, this thing is brilliant. That just the play on words is so good. I really, really loved ever, all the, like, even the word Scrabble or the word, you know, tiles. I mean, ugh, her word disowned, emancipated. Like she ended each sentence and paragraph with the word, which I thought was super effective. Dominatrix, every word that this narrator uses, disgrace. It tells a whole story. And I just was so amazed. One of our tips is to end each sentence, paragraph, and story on the strongest note. And this time when I was listening to it, I was like, whoa, she did that. She ended so many of her paragraphs and her sentences on the words that you just mentioned. And the whole story is about words, words with mom. I don't think that she has plays on words in here that I recognized. Which ones? What do you mean? What did you say that you love how she played with words? You know how there was a, an episode that we had and we played it, we ran it twice because it was one of our favorites about the Golden State Warriors. And so each term that was used, if we're talking about baseball or basketball or football, and you're using terminology that goes with it, then each time you're drawn into the story even more. And I feel like she really did this with the words. Yeah. That she ended with the words. And then even some of the words that were in here, I know I highlighted a couple as I was listening to the story, 
We have hurt one another with words before. So she's setting it up, right? Um, And then she ends with all those words I mentioned, even just small town whispers, because that's were words. They screamed names at me over the phone. There was another one scrambled my way into college because words and stuff gets scrambled. Cool. I didn't notice that one. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. I just was like, dang, really, really, really good. That's so effective. Really well crafted. I want to mention the very beginning because this opening is the perfect ground the reader. I stare at the glowing blue game board on my iPhone screen, playing words with friends with my mom. I debate with myself whether or not I play the word dildo. I am 52 years old. I sacrifice points and play dill instead. Why am I censoring myself? Damn it. We know exactly who. 52-year-old woman. We know what. She's playing words with friends with her mom. Well, we don't know where, but we know that she's situated around her phone. And then she sets up the whole why. I sacrifice points and play Dill instead. Why am I censoring myself? Damn it. Total, total um, voice true to herself. But also it's like she's setting us up for a story about a relationship with her mom. And I was just 100% captivated and pulled in from that first paragraph. 100%. And I, I, I never got out of it. You know, we get all these submissions and sometimes I'm like, oh, this could be a really good story. The writing is really good. But here I felt like there were stakes. I felt like I was drawn in. I could relate. And I just felt like it was so well crafted, like we mentioned earlier, And it ended well. So she brings back the beginning. Wait a second, because I think I want to, I want to like better set up the way that we talk about. I mean, if if this is someone's first time listening, um, I just want to make sure that people understand what we mean by ground the reader. So lots of times people, they'll start a story like in, in a dialogue and we don't know who's talking. But, um, and I learned this from Steve Amon and he's really clear about, he's a great, writer and teacher. And he's really clear about telling his students, get your reader in the car. Tell us right up front who we should care about. And we also talked about, before we get into something else, but um, the episode that I was referring to was episode 110, How to Write About Death, Use an Obsession. And Jackie Ashton is the author and she did exactly what I'm saying the terminology that relates to the sport or whatever she's doing. Well, in her case, it was an obsession with basketball. And so she used all these basketball terms. And in this case, it's an not an obsession, but the story is about words and word games. And she uses words that relate to word games. Just what I was going to say when I was interrupted. <laughs> God, you can tell we're both tired. Holy shit. I was like, Woo! first I got the finger over the lips. And now I just got interrupted. Yeah. All right. Whatever. We're here. I'm going on vacation tomorrow. I'm going to go visit my mama. So that's why I love this. I love this um, story so much. It just landed right before I went on my trip. And so I don't get this finger over the lips again. I'm not going to go to the end yet. But what were you just saying that I was going to say something about? Well, I was going to say something about how interesting it is that you're about to go visit your mom. (laughs) And now I'm sweating. No, not because you're sweating, but because we got a bunch of submissions in the last few weeks 
And this one stood out. This one stood out so strongly. Yeah, it really stood out. And one reason for me was this opening. I mean, the dildo, please. Amazing. But maybe it stood out for you because you're about to go visit your mom and you have a rot relationship with your mom. And so editors, like it's a bit of luck, although this isn't lucky. This is this is well-crafted and well-told story. But okay, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say there were so many places she could have gone off on tangents. The dominatrix, the dad, what he called the, the boyfriend. Like, But I didn't mind that it didn't dive into these things. I felt like, well, that is not what this story is about. And so for some reason, I felt satisfied without knowing any more than she told us. That's so true. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. Oh, I agree with you. Oh, Mark, that is a one big agreement moment. I know that never happens. Because I see what you're saying. I worked many odd jobs to support myself, including one as a dominatrix. Like I can imagine people in our writing class being like, what? Tell us more about that. Then I tell you more. And then when I share it with you, you cut it all out. Yeah, I don't want it because in this case, this is a story about playing with her mom. It's not a story about what it was like being a dominatrix. I would like that story next. And actually, she has a whole book about it and I think I'll read it. No, absolutely. Okay, so then what I love the most, and I think we we talk about this all the time, is the callback. She brings it back to the beginning. So she set it up, right? It's going to be about the struggle with her mom, but then she shows us the struggle and then she shows us how it's impacted her and how it's resolved, you know, and it's not 100% perfect. So the conversations are not deep, but we are playful and respectful. We, We relate to each other as grown women, right? And I'm free to be myself. I make my living in words. I need them to access all of them. So now we see she's grown. She's like evolved. And at the end of the game, one of us always hits rematch. And I will click accept for as long as she is here. I'm no longer keeping score. That is it. The whole time they were both keeping score, especially kids. We just do that to our moms. And I just thought that was really, really amazing that we see how, you know, she's just like, eh, it's just how their relationship were evolved, you know? They evolved. Yeah. And when she's talking about keeping score, she's talking about like how many times her mom said some stupid shit. She's not doing that anymore. No. And I don't know if it's age or it's just we mature or I don't know what it is, but I just don't care either anymore. I mean, I just, I love my mom so much. She did the best she could. And now I just want to hang out with her. I know you've heard me Ah. bitch and complain for so many years. And it's just like, fucking A, everybody's doing what they can and they're all trying. And it's just like, nobody's perfect. Let's just love each other anyway. And she came to this and I just, I just thought that was amazing. I am so happy to hear you say that about you and your mom. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. Oh my God, Shauna Kenny, look what you did. (laughs) You healed Allison and her mom. Well, I mean, come on. I've been doing the work, but I just... But you came at a moment when... I'm not playing words with my mom, but so there's this specific situation that's not happening. But the story is something that really hit me in a big way. That's fucking beautiful. Here's to new beginnings. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Shauna Kenny, for sharing your story. Shauna can be found on shaunakenny.com. Writing Class Radio is hosted by me, Andrea Askowitz. And me, Allison Langer. Audio production by Matt Kundal, Evan Serbinski, and Aiden Glassy at the Sound Off Media Company. Theme music is by Justina Chandler. Our other co-host, Serena Fry, is on vacation. 
There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including stories we study, editing resources, video classes, writing retreats, and live online classes. Our website is a super mega amazing resource for writers. Follow us on Patreon to join our first draft weekly writers groups. You have the option to join Allison on Tuesdays from 12 to 1 Eastern and Zarina on Wednesdays, 6 to 7 Eastern. You'll write to a prompt and share what you wrote. Awesome community. If you're looking to take your writing to the next level, we have two second draft writing groups. Each week, three people bring a finished draft for feedback. Join the community that comes together for instruction and excuse to write, and most importantly, the support from other writers. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash writing class radio. A new episode will drop every other Wednesday. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? No, you can't miss your own Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.